Welcome, everybody. Thanks for listening to Tools for Life, the Tint podcast. My name is Zana Pereira, event organizer at Tint, and today we have not one, but two guests, Heisha Falain and Margit Svantel, who will be sharing with you important tips and tricks to kickstart your new academic year in the best possible way. Rachel is a student psychology in ESA, the Educational Student Affairs Service, that provides individual support and a variety of important workshops to all TUE students and staff. Margit is the resident life coach at Tint, and she loves to help young people from all walks of life to find their own strengths and sources of happiness that can guide them to their dreams. Get inspired by the experiences and the advice of these amazing experts in helping students. All info and contacts shared during our conversation can be found in the show notes. Let's get to it. Welcome everyone. Tint is very excited to kick off this new academic year with a super interesting podcast and um, an amazing guest. So today uh, I'll be talking with uh, Rachel Feline uh, from ESA, Student Psychology at ESA, and also with uh, Margit Vantol, you already know her, a life coach at Tint. And we are going to talk about tips and tricks of how to start the, the new academic year, how can you prepare the, the year, how can um, maybe start new routines or experiment. And um, we, are, we are really excited to, to have this conversation. So I'm going to start with you, Rachel. Could you introduce yourself to our audience, please? Well, thank you for the nice introduction. Yes, my name is uh, Rachel Falang, and I'm one of the student psychologists at ESA. I've been working there for about four years, And yeah, one of the things that we do, we give courses on uh, stress management and performance anxiety, and we give individual counseling sessions for students who, you know, are just seem to be struggling in some type of way. Um, there's also, it's part of a greater branch of the supporting um, education and student affairs. So that's where you're going to find your student counselors. That's where you're going to find um, the career and skills counselors. And basically, uh, a lot of people working behind the scenes to support the non-academic side of student life. Okay, great. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Marit, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, I am Margit van Tel. I'm a life coach at Tint. So that means that I coach students individually with all different kinds of uh, life questions. And besides that, I offer workshops, I give presentations and I guide uh, meditations. And yeah, you know Tint maybe already. So uh, we offer a lot of uh, activities, events and such all about uh, personal development and life questions. So we always like to provide an informal atmosphere where you can meet new people and change thoughts and insights and develop your skills in life. So, and a bit about myself. Um, I, uh, I'm married. I have two children. We live here in Eindhoven. And uh, I really like to, uh, to have a walk either with a good friend or by myself. Also really nice. And I also really like to work in the garden to feel a bit of the connection with uh, with nature. And I like to meditate myself uh, as well. So uh, if you feel like it, Rachel, you can also tell something about uh, your personal life. To hmm, my personal yourself. life. Well, I'm uh, Canadian uh, originally, and I've been living in the Netherlands for almost 20 years. 
I was once an exchange student and um, got stuck, I, I guess. <laughs> um, and now I'm married to a Flemish person, so he dragged me over the border to Belgium, um, where I live uh, together with uh, his two children, and we have one on the way. And I also love yoga. I love spending time with friends. Um, I love to travel. And yeah, I really like to do a lot of the things that we were not allowed to do during Corona. <laughs> so, <laughs> going out, socializing, you know, being with other people. But I also really enjoy, you know, those really kind of quiet moments, meditation, um, Pilates. And in a former life, I used to be a dancer. So... Wow, wonderful. Yes. Thank you so much for all that sharing. Mm -hmm. uh, so as you can see, we have two experts with us today. Um, so this is going to be an amazing conversation. I think maybe to start, do you want to share uh, with us how was your experience when you entered in, uh, in university? How, especially you, Rachel, that uh, you were an exchange student, you still have to face a, a different uh, culture as well, I'll say so. Mm -hmm. um, how was for you the, the first year of university? Oh, I loved it. Um, I don't know if I'm a really great example because I did much less studying than I did partying. <laughs> But uh, no, it was an amazing time. I, uh, I, I really, really loved uh, being a part of like the international community. I felt like I uh, had come into my own. And I was very lucky because this was, you know, back when the dinosaurs still roamed the earth. So it was before the time of the BSA where you could study as long as you want. And because I was an exchange student, um, The grades that I made uh, while here did not count towards my <laughs> overall grades. So um, I don't know if that's in any indication, but I knew that very specifically, you know, and I took my uh, student life very seriously. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so it was really nice. No, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Okay, what about you, Margaret? I can remember that when I started studying, I looked very much forward to live on my own. Um, and I thought, wow, that's where, where the real life starts. And then I was there on my own in my room in the first weekend where no one, I didn't know anyone. The, the studies need, had to be started yet. And I felt so lonely, so <laughs> terribly lonely. <laughs> so I really had, to, I ne needed the time to, uh, to get used to it. And in the first weekend after that, I went home as quick as possible to be at, in my family uh, house again. And it, it really, it, it needed months and maybe after a year when I really had my friends to, uh, to stay over a lot. And then, then it was that, w that my parents start asking, when do we see you again? <laughs> <laughs> But I can remember that I really needed the time. And I think uh, that's, that's already something that I would like to share with you. Like, give yourself the time and do not expect that you are used to everything from uh, day first onwards. And it's all right to grow and to uh, take time to make new friends. And you will find your way, but maybe not in the first week already. And that's all right. That's really good to hear. What step did you take from... Uh The lonely Margaret in the room to then start having friends. Did you join an association? Did you just, just start talking with uh, people? Uh, do you remember? Did, did, was it a, um, a rational uh, process in your mind? Like, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And not really rational, 
But I can say that in the first half year, I was quite harsh for myself. I thought I need to develop myself, put a lot of harsh challenges on me. And I felt quite heavy because of that. And then someone told me, Margit, you can also do nice things, things that you love, (laughs) and you will also learn a lot from them. And that was really a turning point. I thought, yes, why not? I can start doing things that I love. And then uh, I started doing such things and I felt more happier and uh, more connected with other people. And and I think that's, that's what binds us. If you find a nice hobby, if you like doing theater, then join the theater association. If you like uh, sports, then uh, go for a nice sport you like. Not because you should do it, because, but because you like do it, doing it. Because then you meet other people who love the same. And that's a very good basis for nice uh, relationships. That's, that's pretty good advice. What about you, Rachel? Did you go straight into parting and it was super easy for you? Or did you have a, a bit of a thinking or a process that you went through in the first weeks? Well, I mean, I would say that uh, I would I would like to split that up into two parts. Um, that when I was a first year student um, in North America, I completely recognized that process that uh, Margaret's talking about. Um, uh, I think it's really difficult for students to, um, including myself at the time, to balance everything. Right. You've got this amazing social life. You're also, in most cases, living away from home for the first time and discovering what that's like to do things on your own and make your own choices and, you know, get up when you want, party when you want, study when you want. And it can be really, really overwhelming. And, um, I think the stress and pressure that we put on ourselves is very normal. And I remember actually that. <laughs> I uh, had uh, couldn't figure it out and I wasn't going to class as much as I should have. And this was back in the day where, you know, like I said, dinosaurs were still roaming the earth, so there were no cell phones. But I actually had a history teacher call me at home or in my dorm room because I lived on campus out of bed to ask me where I was. And for some reason, that's actually what, what shocked me. I mean, at the same time, it was really helpful um, to realize that, okay, you're not just one person in thousands, but that, you know, there is still someone that's still, you know, reaching out there that cares that you're not in the classroom and reached out. And that kind of helped me to kind of try and find some more of a balance. But I... um I definitely recognize that's that feeling of being pulled in all directions. You can do everything. So we need to do everything, you know, your social, amazing social life and student life, but also study and get the grades and also live up to those expectations that we place on ourselves, but that we also receive from home. So it took, it took some adjusting. And, um, like I said, when I moved to the Netherlands as an exchange student, that was for me basically a throwaway year. But, uh, um, and believe it or not, just before everyone thinks I was a complete party animal, I actually managed to pass absolutely all my classes, <laughs> despite the fact it was a throwaway year that it wasn't counting. But no, so I recognize that. And I think it's definitely important to normalize that, um, that before we find balance, there's imbalance. 
you know, before we find peace, there's often chaos, you know, even if it's just kind of internal turmoil um, with ourselves and trying to figure out, okay, who am I now, you know, without the security of my hometown and my family and my parents and who do I want to be? Um, that can take, that can take some time to find your footing. But that's okay. Absolutely. That's part of it. That's part of the process and it's part of the roller coaster ride. And the more that we can learn to embrace those feelings, whether they're up or down, you know, that both of them, um, comprise the whole experience of finding that balance, you know, whatever that means, because balance is always only temporary. It's nice that you say it takes some time to find your flame. It's a really nice saying, <laughs> because your flame is that what makes you tick. That's what gives you this energy. I, I like the saying. Great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. It takes, uh, yeah, you know, and I think we're always growing. We're always learning about ourselves and who we are becoming. You know, also to kind of quote Michelle Obama, we are always becoming. Um, and that's, yeah, like I said, it takes time to find your flame. Yeah. What would you advise to the TV students that uh, come to Eindhoven? Probably September is still going to be super cool, full of parties, but then suddenly uh, works and assignments start piling up, then exams are around the corner, calculus is a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and, um, and then you start maybe, that stress starts becoming maybe a bit uh, too much, or, or you start being afraid of not being able to, to make the exams and... Uh, And as you said, there's the, that BCA that is always like a shadow that on your first year you have to do uh, nine out of uh, 12 courses. Otherwise, they tell you to go, which is not really like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's, it's a shadow and, and it's a, a weight on, on these new students' shoulders. So how do you maybe start organizing yourself or start managing that, that stress? Do you have any advice for our students? I mean, uh, yes and no. Um, I think the no part is that there's, you know, there's, there's not a quick fix. Unfortunately, some of the, the, the advice is, is going to be very boring and it's not going to be very new because it's things that we actually know. Um, but I would say above all else, I would, uh, you know, put out there to keep in mind basically what Margaret and I are both saying is expect and accept it to take time. Um, that's, that you're not going to click into place. And I think that when that acceptance, um, is there and that realization that, oh yeah, wait a second, I haven't gotten it all together yet. Um, that that's okay. That that kind of gives yourself permission to make the mistakes that you're going to make along the way. Um, that being said, um, the boring part is the sooner that you are able to get yourself into a routine that works for you, the easier it's going to be. And whatever that routine is, whether that's, you know, working from, you know, nine to five or from 10 to six or from seven to four, um, you know, finding uh, things that work for you, you know, finding a way to plan your day uh, in a way that there's consistency. Unfortunately, the boring part of life, you know, that gives the building blocks is there for a reason, you know, that, that kind of gives us a little bit of stability. I like to say sometimes guardrails, um, that can kind of keep us on the path. So that includes trying to find normal times to be able to sleep 
and getting up at the same time and making an effort to go to class when you need to and to try and stay on top of your assignments. So these are kind of things that you already know. Um, and they work for a reason, unfortunately, you know, and we can go into the, you know, really the importance of exercising, you know, and making sure that you're moving a lot and seeing people doing things that are not always academic. And yeah, um, lots of things, you know, giving yourself the time to set some small goals that are, I hate to say realistic, because we have a lot of high achievers uh, running around at the TU. <laughs> so what for one person is seen as realistic is, you know, maybe um, unachievable for someone else, but something that is attainable, you know. Um, eating healthy, you know, giving yourself some non-screen relaxation. So whether that's taking a walk, reading a book, taking time to breathe, you know, whether that's in the form of meditation or just sitting quietly, uh, checking in with yourself. It's, we don't realize how overstimulated that we are on a continual basis. You know, we uh, try and think about when was the last time you saw somebody just walking from one building to the other that does not have headphones in, mm -hmm. that's not looking on their phone, that's not talking to somebody, you know, uh, we are constantly being stimulated even by sound. Um, and we don't realize the effect that that can have on us and also the difficulty that that can also create when it comes to kind of feeling at ease. And it's those small moments that can add up to create bigger moments of peace. And when we have those bigger moments of peace, then that can give us the feeling that those feelings of being overwhelmed are more man manageable because we're able to kind of recognize, okay, what happens to me when I'm starting to feel anxious? What, you know, what happens in my body? Um, what kinds of thoughts race through my head? Oh, uh, what is helpful for me? Not to try and necessarily get it under control, but can I take a minute to just kind of check in, you know, before I let the thoughts and the feelings kind of wash over me and I feel like I don't know what to do and I'm paralyzed and then I just, you know, pull the covers over my head and I just stay in my room for a week, for example. So there's lots of kind of the things that you were taught, you know, from home, generally speaking, most of us have, uh, have been, you know, given some type of routine from home. Um, and I would say practice and try what works for you. You know, it's not going to work all the time, every time, but you know, um, it is probably going to be more helpful to be able to ride the wave of feeling overwhelmed, anxiety, stress when those exam times are coming. Thank you for that. Um, it was quite, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, a lot of powerful pieces of advice. I'd like to add to the question of uh, routine, mm -hmm. although I'm not perfect myself. Something that I've learned is that routine doesn't have necessarily to be boring because you can plan as well to have like dinner with your friends uh, once a week or that day uh, you're going for uh, a walk or that day you're going to, uh, to watch a movie. So yes, your schedule, you schedule the work time, but then you shouldn't forget to, to schedule as well some social activities, some self-care Absolutely, time. absolutely. Um, and that makes the whole routine maybe a bit more 
bearable and interesting. <laughs> totally, totally. I think that's a really good addition because we think sometimes that um, to be able to be productive, we have to work hard. But there are several elements that are included in uh, productivity that lead to productivity. And part of them is absolutely social contacts and relaxation and not doing things that are, you know, always centered around, you know, academia. Um but like it's it's kind of if you think it like a flower, you know, there's petals to the flower and that all of those petals together leads to uh, more efficiency and more productivity when it comes to, you know, sleeping well and eating well and, you know, having that routine that's not so boring that works for you. You know, all of that tends to lead to higher levels of concentration, lower levels of stress and an increased level of self-esteem, which also leads to more motivation and more productivity and feelings of success. So it all kind of works together and exactly routine is absolutely does not have to be boring. You know, it's your routine. You get to play with it. You get to make of it what, what, um, what you want. Get to play yeah. with it. I think that's a, a good <laughs> sentence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Margaret, uh, do you want to add anything? Yeah, I completely agree uh, with you, Rachel, about uh, it's very good to search for variety in your daily life and to realize that you are not only your head because you can uh, easily find yes. it, feel yourself like, like that, sitting in the lectures and uh, behind your laptop and uh, studying all the time. But you also have your body, indeed. And I would say you are also your soul. So you have your body, your soul, and your mind. And uh, to take them, to care for them all, actually. And of course, a body, yeah, that, that's, that's quite obvious with sporting and have some movement. But also taking care of your room, your, what you were saying about your eating pattern, etc. And I think your, your soul is, is way uh, uh, more difficult to grasp. But when I think of uh, enjoying music or mm. theater or stories or movies, that's, these are all things that feed your soul, actually, that, that m keeps you inspired. So I think it's also very good to search for those kind of things to, um, to feed yourself, your, your, your inspiration. And also if you like uh, dancing or if you like writing or if you like uh, playing the guitar, that's These are all ways of expressing yourself. And also, uh, uh, they, they provide some stress relief that you can express yourself, your emotions. You can write them uh, or you can uh, draw them, um, that they are no longer locked in yourself. And that's also something that, that I would like to add. If you really feel stressed out and anxious, etc., speak with others about it because you are not alone. And it's so good to express your feelings, your emotions to someone whom you trust. And mostly you find out that you are not indeed not alone, that someone else says, oh, I recognize those moments. And uh, uh, yeah, what helps me out is uh, this or that. So you can exchange your, your mind about it. And of course, if you, if you need any professional advice, you can always uh, speak your heart out. Um, with a study advisor or a student psychologist or a life coach. There are always places available to, uh, to speak up and, um, yeah, let your worries out. That's very important because sometimes it's a, it's a domino effect. Sometimes you only need one person in a room to just be honest and say, well, actually today it hasn't been a good day. I'm a bit, 
I don't know, mad with the professor or pissed off with my colleagues of uh, some group work. Uh, and uh, and then people started being free to open up and then Indeed. And suddenly the whole a room. lot of people <laughs> recognize it. Yeah. And it takes courage to be the first one. Yeah. I think that's another so. good piece of advice. Just just be honest. Just It's okay not to have a good day. Um, and there's a lot of going on when you start a new academic year in a new environment. We, we talked a bit uh, already about the, all the challenges uh, in different fronts that you have to face. So just, just say it. Like, yeah, today... Was not good. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And I would like to add to that actually um, the remark: "Be yourself as much as possible on campus," because you might feel, "Oh, I'm the only one who comes from this or that country," or "I'm the only one who has this skin color," or "I'm the only one who has this sexual orientation," or you can feel quite easily uh, as a minority. But I think it's so important that you can just be yourself on this campus because actually this diversity makes this campus great and, and a rich campus with so many uh, uh, different people. Um, that's so much more nice than if we would all be the same. So uh, being yourself is, is so important. And then you find out that also in that sense, you are not the only one with a different sexual orientation or with a different skin color or different uh, religion, maybe. And you can also find each other on, on that ground. So uh, that would be uh, my, my additional advice. Be yourself as much as possible. And the beautiful thing is that the campus is also trying to, to live up to that diversity. So, for example, if you have different sexual orientation, um, you can always go to Compass. Indeed, and, uh, indeed. People. Yeah, it's so good and important that uh, the TOE community wants to be a TOE community in, yeah. the, in the truth and sense of the word. Yeah, and, and uh, that a lot of people are working on that. If you are a religious person, maybe you probably will find people like you in, uh, in one of the organizations of Credo. Indeed, um, yeah. So it's just important to, to see what exists in at TUE because uh, we have been trying at least to have as much as, as possible. And of course, if you are an international, you always have Cosmos, which is uh, such a welcoming uh, help to all the international students. But actually, um, coming to that part of uh, maybe sometimes feeling a bit of a, a minority, I'd like to ask uh, um, Rachel, like, how was your first impact with the Dutch culture? Did... Um, Did it take you a while to get adjusted or do you have like a tip for the students, internationals like me, that come in the middle of the duchies <laughs> with their weird freaking delves and... Uh <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Again, I think I think the, the, uh, the power of repetition, it takes time. I think um, I didn't notice it honestly as much as an international student so much as I did when I came to move here. For me, that made a really big difference, but also because just a kind of disclaimer, the, the structure is kind of different in how often um, international programs are set up, uh, whereas before it was one year, um, whereas now, you know, you're, you're here often for the whole four years. You're an international student, part of the community for all four years. Um, and I think what... And I don't want to step on any Dutch toes here, but <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I remember... 
that someone told me once that, okay, it might take longer, uh, more time to get to know a Dutch person, but, uh, for, before they would consider to call you a friend. But when you do become friends, it's friends for life. And I used to think, oh, that's crazy. I mean, what are you talking about? And I remember I started, uh, um, taking a dance class uh, when I came back here to move to kind of uh, try and uh, meet people and, you know, obviously kind of build up a social life and, you know, met with ladies every week and we were dancing and we talk and then the dressing room and, you know, it'd be fine. And then everyone would got to go home and do their own thing and there'd be no kind of invitations. Hey, why don't we get together until exactly a year later in the second se- start of the second dance season, and one of the girls turned around like, hey, do you want to go out for, you know, a drink afterwards? And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I've been here a whole year. <laughs> <laughs> but it was almost as if like someone had it on their calendar, like, ah, 365. <laughs> <laughs> so I think um, yeah, time really does help. Um, I think just recognizing it's a different culture and uh, than where you might be from. And so, yes, of course, things are going to be different. And that's the beauty of it rather than the frustration. And it's so easy to uh, feel the frustration. I can recognize that now because uh, I have moved into a different culture again. Now I live in Belgium. It's not Holland, y'all. It's it's different. So, um, yeah. It's only one border away. Yeah. Well, you say that, but um, when you're there, it's 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 a different culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, totally, sure. you know, and I think uh, giving yourself the patience and the time to figure things out and recognize that things are are different. It's, it's, it's hard to say one thing you should do, uh, because that might not work. Um, and just recognize a kind of what you were saying before, Anna, there are some days that are really going to suck <laughs> that, <laughs> that, you know, you don't want the freaking dolls, the weather, you know, <laughs> let's just not even go there. Um, you're missing whatever smells, foods, things that remind you of home and that's okay. And really give yourself one on the one hand time and on the other hand, try and put yourself out there because you are here because you want to be part of the community. And it's, it's, it's a challenge, you know, it's trying to find that balance again. It's the challenge between um, the unfamiliar of a new culture and things that you don't understand or don't get or maybe don't even want to get. And at the same time, trying to embrace it and see it as an adventure. So a lot of things um, can be kind of flipped around just by reframing it. You know, how we choose to perceive our environment can make a really big difference in our whole experience. You know, if we are continually focused on differences and strange and unknown and weird, that's going to have a really big impact on how we experience things rather than if we make a conscious choice to try and see it as new and unique and interesting and okay, you know, kind of can give a whole different perspective on how we, even sometimes a language we use in when we encounter new things and experiences. And that can really make a difference in how we feel about it. But I would say, in addition to that is time. Time. It's not going to happen overnight. Even after the honeymoon phase of, you know, a lot of people are going into the introduction weeks 
and everything's new and fantastic and different. And then the weather changes even more, even though we have not really had a summer this year. (laughs) But when things start to change and we really get into the grind of things, even then give yourself the time to adjust and know that not every day is going to be dark and not every day is going to be amazing. Um, But really giving yourself the time to try and experiment and seek out things that are there because there are lots of things on campus. There's lots of things in the city to do. There is ways to connect and to find your tribe here as well, you know, and it might not be, you might find another little international tribe. You might find a multicultural tribe, you know, with of all different colors and creeds and from different backgrounds and you, yeah, that's, that's part of the adventure of, of being here, I would say. Thank you. I think that's pretty inspiring. Um, and yes, I completely see myself in that. It's just not be let be consumed by the frustration of, of for example, a day having four seasons mm-hmm. in September oh, and yes. October. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. And uh, just uh, try to, to have a bit of more curiosity about the, the country and, and, and the kibblings and the straw waffles. And <laughs> yes, <laughs> and the straw waffles, tr- yeah. <laughs> and the hatting. Try yeah, to, to I recognize it in the Dutch culture that people keep work and private life very much separated. Yes. Maybe not the students that much, but the employees, yes, for sure. So that, that makes it extra important to search for hobbies and, and yeah. sports and activities to do. Like you mentioned, you, you met someone in the dancing. Yeah. Then still you needed a year of, <laughs> <laughs> of waiting, Indeed. but it happened in the dancing. And yeah. I think that that's how it works in the Netherlands a lot. You meet each other, the friends, in your free time doing hobbies and activities. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, that's, that's definitely. And that's, that's also like a cultural shift. So that's a good addition to be aware that like how you meet people socially might not be in the same way that you're accustomed to. Um, you know, if, if definitely a lot of North Americans, you know, tend to work a lot of hours, um, and spend more time at work than they do at home and becomes a very natural thing where your social life, you know, is an extension of your work life. Um, coming here when people make an effort to consciously keep those separate, that can be a big shift. For you, you know, thinking of maybe some of our, our PhD students, you know, who might be coming here for the first time and, you know, hoping and expecting to find their whole social life on the workplace and might find a very different experience than what they might have been expecting, you know. And so just trying to be mindful of that there are different ways of, of creating a social life for yourself and finding, finding people that, uh, you know, have common interests. It's not always with work. And I would like to add something that just came to my mind. It's a question sometimes of communication as well, because the Good Dutch point. are known for their honesty, which sometimes... <laughs> <laughs> it can yeah. be experienced as rudeness sometimes. <laughs> exactly. So that can be a shock for certain cultures. And, uh, oh, yeah. yeah just like Definitely. To, so the communication becomes a bit different here as well. Absolutely. Um, yes. Something I think students should have a bit in mind, especially the ones that are going to stay here for a whole bachelor's or a whole master's, that they have to put up with that honesty. The honesty. Her. Three, four, five years. <laughs> <laughs> and then and after that, you return very honest back to your yes. home country. <laughs> and your family will be in a shock. Yeah. yeah because you adapt certain things as well, uh, certainly after three or four years. Yeah. 
I would say to kind of expand on that, you know, and is, is just kind of the cultural ways of communication and to make dates. Um, I've heard I've adapted to that as well now. And now I think it's normal is how people kind of meet up where in certain cultures it's, Oh, Hey, we'll just drop by, you know, or we'll see you later and you will see someone later. Whereas oftentimes here it's you get your agenda. And let's make a date, you know, yeah, or do you have weeks, time next Tuesday weeks, at yeah. three, right? And it's a very normal way to make a date. Whereas in certain cultures, what are you doing? We're not, what, what do you mean? I'll just come over, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll send a, we'll send a text or an app, uh, like, are you home? We'll knock on the door and you'll find out if I'm home, you know? So there's also different ways of reaching out to each other in, in different cultures as well. Whereas, you know, here it might be a little bit more structured. Whereas in other cultures, it might be a bit more uh, casual and informal. And, you know, they both work, you know, but it's just recognizing that there are absolutely different ways of, of finding each other here. Yeah, I have studied one year in Germany. That's mm. also only one country uh, away. <laughs> mm-hmm. But there are also these cultural differences indeed. For instance, when I had an appointment with someone, it was very common to, to invite a second, a third, a fir- fourth person without letting me know. Oh. It was just an informal way, like we are getting together and uh, everyone who wants to join, uh, that's all right. In Netherlands, you would always ask first the person, are you all mm. right if I invite those other people uh, as well? So I really needed to adapt to that. But I also saw the quality of it, the tenuous way of organizing such so- mm. social moments. Yeah, and I think that, that uh, becomes a tip as well for the new students, is that maybe just talk with people don't just make like a judgment out of someone's behavior because that might be some cultural um, difference and and then and there might need some work to, to cross that cultural bridge in terms of communication in terms of behaviors so just talk with people just ask maybe what was just a misunderstanding can be easily solved instead of uh, Ending a friendship straight away there <laughs> or indeed, something like indeed. that. Indeed, and that's a good thing about the openness of the Dutch culture. Yeah. You can just ask that's and you'll true. get an answer, a an, uh, mostly honest answer. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah, no, <laughs> I think I don't think we are 100% honest, no, <laughs> to no. be honest. Yeah. 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 I don't like honesty back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so the tip is to be curious and to not be afraid to ask if you don't know. Actually, that would be my next question, because we have been talking about uh, different uh, parts of, uh, of starting a new year, and we, we've already gave a lot of uh, nice advices. But um, if you have to pick like those tips and tricks for students to start the year, like those things that maybe you would like that someone told you when you started yourself as well, what would they be? Hmm. As in other than what we've already mentioned, you mean? Or maybe you can summarize as well. I think it would be nice to, because we've talked so much, yes. I think it's nice to have maybe some bullet points that stay in, in the minds of our listeners. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess uh, normalize, normalize that whatever you're feeling is normal. You know, whatever you're feeling, there is somebody who is feeling the same, even whether that's good or bad. Um, expect it. Give it time. Um, do the things that you know work. They work for a reason. Going to bed on time. Uh, waking up on time. Um, we didn't really touch on drinking, but I would say, you know, as far as the whole uh, student life, it's absolutely part of, uh, part of it. And 
you know when you've done too far. You know, you, you know when you're not able to get up in the morning and you're groggy and you're hungover. So unfortunately, part of having balanced student life is finding balance in, um, how hard you party, you know, and there are consequences for every behavior. Um, I would say what I wish if I knew then what I know now is probably what I said is it's, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Um, and it's also going to get worse sometimes. <laughs> um, and to focus on what you are doing rather than what you're not. Focus on the steps you're trying to take rather than the steps you still have to take. Um, it's part of the really trying to, because that's what's going to encourage yourself to continue to take steps. If you're like, oh God, I have to do so much still. Okay, but what have you done? You know, it's the first step that could get you to the next step. Um, and kind of expanding on what Margaret said is that talk about it. You know, there's, you don't have to struggle alone because you're not alone, even when we feel alone. Um, reaching out to, to others, to professionals, what, in whatever form that might come in, life coaches. Um, there are discussion groups that are going to be held on campus for students, uh, to talk about, you know, these types of struggles. Um, reach out. There is a community out there that, that wants you to be a part of it. Um, and to, to make use of it, you know, and really see if you can see it as an adventure with the routines and sleeping and healthy eating and exercise, you know, kind of going through everything and, you know, and sometimes not as well. Sometimes it's a day to not feel so good. And that's also all right. And that's also all right. Yeah. 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 I think I agree with your summary, Rachel. And I only like to add, um, the, the idea of dreaming. Hmm. I think it's so important that you also use your student life To, uh, to dream about your future. Or maybe to start with dreaming about your student life. Mm. What are the dreams for your student life? What would you like to experience here? Uh, whom would you like to, to meet? Or which kind of projects would you like to do? I think it's always good to dream without borders. Mm. And without the obligation that you realize everything. That's not necessary. You can just dream in order to find a direction in order to find your passions and the things that you would like to achieve. And if you, in the end, realize 30% of it, that's already very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like the saying, reach out for the stars or jump, in, jump for the stars and you will land on the moon, something like that. So yeah. it's always good to dream uh, without borders and to, to find your way uh, and your direction by those dreams. It's super inspiring. <laughs> Thank you for that, Margit. Nevertheless, I have to ask you for maybe some tools because um, yeah, technical university, you like <laughs> concrete stuff. Um, so I was just wondering if there's like any recommendations of, I don't know, exercises or books or podcasts or, I don't know, apps uh, <laughs> that uh, you know that uh, work or have worked, for example, with students that you've worked with before to maybe settle this routine or maybe to inspire to, to dream and reach the moon. Do you, do you have any kind of recommendation like that? Well, I think an uh, easy recommendation I could give when it comes to tools is, you know, meditation apps are the latest, uh, you know, hype. But, I mean, they are very useful 
Um, they, and I would say meditation isn't something that works, you know, and that might sound very controversial because it's a continual practice. Uh, it's something we practice. It's not, uh, so it's not a question, oh, you've done it or you don't. The practice is, you know, to, to try. Um, and there are apps like, uh, Headspace, Calm, Breathe, um, out there, I would say find, find a meditation app that, that, works for you, speaks to you, you can afford whichever it is. They also have free ones on YouTube. Um, if you choose to use one going before going to sleep, um, a very, a free tool is breathe, (laughs) breathe out. (laughs) You know, we don't, we don't realize how often that we're actually holding our breath during the day or how often, if you actually check into yourself that you're breathing actually up in the, in your upper chest where, you know, if you take take a moment to try and breathe from the belly, you know, that automatically kind of uh, relaxes, you know, and kind of to check in with yourself. So that's a, that's a free one right there. Um, and I mean, there are, there are countless books, uh, that you can look at or read and look up for yourself. I couldn't say, I would say there's probably one I would recommend that I tend to recommend often that might not be for every student. Not everyone, uh, feels, uh, or relates to this particular book is, uh, one by Brene Brown. Um, and it's called the gifts of imperfection. And that's uh, letting go, I think, of who you think you should be and embracing who you are. And I find that particular useful book for our TU students who, regardless of how rationally and high achieving that we are, somehow uh, the expectation lies in that it should lead to perfection and that that's like the ultimate goal. And I just found that's a very useful book in trying to let go of all of that and at the same time recognizing how sometimes perfectionist behaviors can work against you and how you can have them work for you in that sense. So that kind of drifts maybe away from that meditation, but if you read the book, it kind of comes together in a certain way. Perfect. Thank you so much for those recommendations. Mm-hmm. What about you, Margit? It's so interesting that you mentioned this book by mm. Brené Brown because oh. I recently started reading it. Oh, and it's—I'm really touched by it. Yeah, it's so beautiful yeah. and so inviting mm. to just be yourself. And uh, I already now know that it's a good book. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can definitely good. read it. Yes, and in line with that, I read this summer. It's unfortunately in Dutch. The book Confetti Regen, mm. written by Splinter Shabot. I hope it is translated in English or it will be translated because it's really worthwhile. It's about, I think, almost autobiographical his search um, with f- dealing with his homosexuality. Mm. So he he describes in a very honest way how he discovers this, that he is different than others. And although he has a very accepting uh, environment, he really struggles with being different. So that may, that was really an insight for me that although you have an accepting uh, environment, still it is a struggle for yourself. And it's beautiful how he explains and describes how he goes through that whole process. And in his student life, finally he finds the courage to say, this is how I am. And then life starts to become 
a party again for him in the real sense of the word joy joyful again that he finally can be uh, who he is and that's what i wish for all students no matter what kind of background or sexual orientation or whatever you have that you find this courage to say this is who i am and this is my life mm. yeah well we we are having a great conversation thank you so much uh ladies we are about to to finish this episode, and I think to to end this perfectly, uh, I maybe would like to go back to both organizations that are present here. So maybe I, I would like to ask Rachel, where can we find ESA? Is ESA preparing something that can help students, uh, for example, with these topics that we talked today? Do you want to tell us a bit more about it? Well, we give continual courses throughout the year around uh, stress management and uh, performance anxiety and offer individual courses. Uh, so we, the best way to find us is online uh, through the study guide. You can book an appointment uh, uh, with one of uh, the psychologists. You can check out the, the offer that we have on the courses and see what would fit for you. We give workshops throughout the year, but that's our main focus is conversations, individual conversations with students and the courses. Uh, we're located in Meta Forum, but unfortunately with the current conditions, um, most of our, actually all of our, our uh, sessions right now have been held online. We're hoping to be able to see students face to face as, you know, time progresses. But, you know, we all know how hard it is to find a room that's, you know, um, uh, that's able to kind of hold people in that, but we're working on that to, uh, to be able to see students live again. And, but I can say that the courses that we're offering, um, definitely this quarter that we are able to offer them on campus. So that we're really excited about so that people can really kind of clearly come together and see each other. And cause that we just noticed that makes a really big difference in how people experience the courses. So I would say find us online and we're also in Metaform. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Margit, do you want to tell a bit more about Tint? Yeah, if you want to uh, uh, learn med meditating or you, you want to practice that even more, then you can uh, join our uh, mindfulness breaks every Tuesday in a lunch break in a Metaforum. And further, we have all different kinds of uh, activities like a supping workshop. It's stand-up paddling in a mindful way <laughs> on the Dommel River, our nice. own river on campus. <laughs> and we have a, an event upcoming uh, about first connections to make these first connections and get some tips and tricks about how to do that. And there will be um, uh, an evening about love in which we will talk uh, about love relationships and how to deal with, with those and so I, th I would say uh, just keep an eye on our social media, on our website. And on our website, you also find the, the page about the life coaching um, with the three life coaches that are available. So you can read and, and pick one and just send an email if you feel like uh, a private conversation. Thank you very much. Thank you both for this really inspiring and insightful conversation. I hope it can help our new batch of students that are coming to TUE. Yeah, don't forget to subscribe to this uh, podcast as well. You can find some uh, these guided meditations so you can try out like Rachel was uh, suggesting. <laughs> and thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Anna. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. And Rachel, of course, thank for this you nice both. conversation. It was nice.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Tools for Life at Team podcast. You can find out more about ESA services on the T website and your study guide. And of course, you can learn more about Margit on the Life Coach section of the Tint website. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the Tint podcast and find more information about what Tint is up to in our website, tint-eindhoven.nl or by following us on Facebook and Instagram. All the info shared can be found in the show notes. My name is Ana Pereira and I look forward to having you with us for the next episode.